Hey there, friends. I have something really exciting to share, and of course, I'm going to come to you with it first. As faithful listeners here to the Inventory Genius Podcast, I am thrilled to let you know that I am releasing my first full-length book, The Inventory Genius, How to Use Your Inventory to Create More Profit and Keep More Cash. Yes, my book, The Inventory Genius. It is ready to release, and I want to invite you to get your own copy. Now, this book is, of course, going to be practical as it shows us and walks us through how to use our inventory to create more profit and keep more cash in our business, but it's also a little entertaining. So in this book, I weave together my journey, my story, and the story of many of my clients as we discovered through the Inventory Genius Method how to create more profit and keep more cash in our businesses, whether it is paying down debt or taking a paycheck for the first time, there is so much to be learned in the Inventory Genius. So I want you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, and grab your copy of the Inventory Genius. You don't want to miss this book. See you soon. Well, hey there, friend. I was recently asked to speak for the Jamestown Regional Entrepreneur Center, and I'm sharing that conversation with you today with their permission. This was such a great workshop, and what we covered in this workshop was so important that I wanted to make sure anyone and everyone who was a small business owner had the opportunity to hear what we discussed. Understanding Financials Workshop was first shared with the Entrepreneur Center and their clients in June of 2023, and I'm really excited to be sharing this workshop and conversation with you today. So please grab a notebook, grab a pen, and take some notes as we make our way through understanding your financials. This workshop is a little bit longer than you may be used to when it comes to the Inventory Genius podcast. And so if you have to stop and move on to other things and come back and finish it, no worries. But I'm hoping that today you'll be able to sit down and really take the time to listen as I walk every small business owner through their financials, how they relate to profitability, and why understanding your numbers is so important when it comes to making a profit. Enjoy. I'm so excited to be here today to chat with you all about financials and understanding your financials. Um, For those of you who are going to be joining us or are listening live or will be listening to the recording um, we all know that numbers for the mo- for most of us is not the favorite uh, part of our business. Some of us as business owners just love diving into the numbers, but for most of us, we really enjoy what we actually sell or how we actually serve. Um, Karen was just mentioning that she's a tailor. So, um, you know, there may be some of you that are listening uh, that have inventory based businesses or your coaches or consultants. Um, you know, you offer services like insurance services. There's such a wide gamut when it comes to small business, of course. And a lot of times we get into business because we just love what we do um, as a craft. We just love what we sell. If we're an inventory-based business, we see a need in our community and we decide to open up um, something that can fill that need. But the numbers are a very real part of why we are and how we can stay in business. And so today I want to just break down financials and help everyone understand what the financials say about your business in particular, 
um, and just demystify uh, financials and numbers. So I hope coming away from today's presentation, you will all feel much more comfortable with the numbers in your business or just much more comfortable starting to dive in and learn the numbers of your business. Um, I really seek to empower every single business owner um, and give you the confidence to create a profitable business. So I know, um, you know, I've been in business for multiple, multiple years. I've had um, several different businesses that I've grown and sold and um, just a variety of things that I've done in my entrepreneurial journey. And um, there were many years at the beginning where I felt very not confident, <laughs> where I felt very um uh, shy when it came to that side of my business. And, um, and that just caused a lot of anxiety, um, and really felt, made me feel like a fraud, if you will. Right. So we have this feeling of, do I really deserve to own a business? And I hope nobody asked me about that part, you know, because I don't know what I'm talking about and I should know what I'm talking about. Um, and so as I work with small business owners, I try to just really give them the confidence that they can be the boss of their business. Um, I remember the moment that I walked out of a bank meeting. This had, um, you know, was halfway into my entrepreneurial journey. I walked out of a bank meeting and I went out to my car in the parking lot and I thought, you know what? I know some questions they should have asked me that they didn't even ask me. I now know so much about the numbers of my business that I know what those bankers should have been asking me that they didn't. And that was such an empowering moment. I will never forget it. And I love to just give that, um, that thinking and that confidence to entrepreneurs. So my name is Sierra. Um, I'm a third generation entrepreneur born and raised in North Dakota. I now live in Tennessee and we moved here about a year and a half ago, but otherwise I've spent my entire life in North Dakota um, in both Fargo and Grand Forks. And um, I've had multiple businesses, like I mentioned. So third generation entrepreneur, my grandfather and my dad owned small business. So I was always around it. We never talked about financials. We never talked about numbers. Um, we talked about a lot of the stress that came with owning a small business, but it just seemed normal to me. And so um, as I was making my way through high school and then um, into the college age, I just knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I couldn't think of anything else that I'd rather do than own my own small business. So um, I started my first business when I was 13. I built that and grew that for about a decade through high school into college and beyond, college uh, years and beyond. And then my next uh, business venture was a retail store in 2006. So I opened that in downtown Fargo, built that and grew it. Um, opened a second concept uh, just six months later. So I had two different retail concepts running at the same time. I ended up merging those concepts in 2010 and then franchised the brand. Um, so I do have experience in franchising and um, built that and grew that for um, about a decade and then ended up selling that brand to one of my franchisees. Um, after that, I started a subscription box business um, and built that to sell, which I did in 18 months. Um, and now I just worked at work as a coach and consultant, a profit strategist for small business owners. And so today I'm going to walk you through um, some numbers conversation. So I'm going to share my screen here with you. We'll see if I can. Um, there we go. Okay. So um, I know the conversation today is titled Understanding Your Financials, but as I was just preparing for today, I thought, you know what? We're actually going to dive deeper than just the financials. I want you to all understand profit because at the end of the day, 
The reason that we want to know what our numbers are saying about our business is because we want to understand profitability. We want to understand where all the money is going, why we can or cannot keep, you know, the money in our business. So I'll often hear, there we go. I'll often hear um, small business say, Sierra, I'm making so much money. There's so much money coming in. Where is it all going? Or they might be a layer deeper and say, you know, I get financials from a bookkeeper. I look at my profit and loss or I give, <clears throat> excuse me, give those financials to my accountant or my CPA at the end of the year to file my taxes. They say I owe a bunch of money because I was profitable, but Sierra, I don't have that money. Where is it going? And so once we understand our financials, we can really start to understand our profit. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I love to tell entrepreneurs that I know your dirty little secret. Um, this is the dirty little secret that we love to keep, you know, hidden inside um, that we don't tell our fellow entrepreneurs. For sure, we don't tell our family and friends. And this is the idea that we are killing it. We're growing. We have customers. We have a concept that's working. We're maybe scaling. We're doing all the things. We're working a lot. But you're always stressed out. You're always overworked and you're constantly out of money. And this is that dirty little secret that we like to keep to ourselves. And as entrepreneurs and small business owners, we don't know what to do with it. I'm constantly out of money on the out from the outside looking in. I look wildly successful. And I will tell you, I have had this dirty little secret myself. So in 2015, um, I had a franchise brand. I was a seven-figure business, multi-millions coming through the door. Um, so a lot of cash coming in. I was buying and selling a lot of product. I was invited to the White House um, to speak on behalf of small business. I was testifying in front of the Senate on behalf of small business. From the outside looking in, I was wildly successful. But behind the scenes, I had this dirty little secret. I didn't know what to do with there was no money. I, I wasn't able to hang on to and keep the money. And so I started investigating the why. I was curious about that in my business and started to really understand how the financials played into ultimate profitability. So if you're constantly asking yourself, where's all my money going? I want you to think of your numbers in your business like a puzzle. I want you to think about the fact that each number is a piece of the puzzle. So each number on the financial, if you will, is a piece of the puzzle. Profit is the most important number of all, because at the end of the day, profit is what's left for us. Profit is what's right, what writes your paycheck. And if you have debt, profit is what's going to pay off your debt. So um, a few years ago now, we went to the beach for Christmas with my family. And I have this, had this idea that I was going to get a puzzle and we were going to work on a puzzle throughout the week. So um, between Christmas and New Year's, I always take a social media fast. It's just wonderful. Just like leave my phone on the counter and try to really stay present with my family and just think about the coming year. Um, and so I thought this would be such a great way to connect with the people that were there for Christmas. And we would just have this puzzle going and you know how you envision and you have expectations for things. So I bought a puzzle to do over the Christmas break. And I thought, what better puzzle than an oceanscape because we were going to be at the ocean. So I bought this beautiful oceanscape puzzle. I unpackaged it um, as we got to the house that we were renting for Christmas. And I dumped out the pieces in front of me. And I realized that an oceanscape puzzle is all tan and blue. 
So every single piece of this, it was huge, like 1,000 piece puzzle, 10,000 piece. I don't remember how many, but many, many pieces. Every single piece was either tan or blue. And that suddenly became really overwhelming because I had no idea how I was going to put this puzzle together. This was going to take me much longer than a week. No one was going to want to help me. Um, and it became very overwhelming. So I had a choice. I could either put those pieces back in the box and ignore it for the week and never accomplish what I had set out to accomplish. Or I could begin to turn those puzzle pieces over. I could prop the cover of that puzzle box up so I could see what my end result was going to be. And I could just get to work. Um, and so that's what I decided to do. I ended up not finishing that puzzle. It was very, very difficult. Um, we had a few pieces left to put together by the end of the week. However, I felt accomplished because I had begun sorting that out. And so the numbers in our business are very similar to a puzzle. The first thing we want to do with those numbers on our financials is to flip them over and to understand what's in front of us. So look at the size of the pieces, look at the type of the pieces, right? To, to prop up that cover, what do we want our business to look like? What does success look like to us? If you can write that down, what does success look like to me? Is it covering my, you know, my um, C-suite salary? I left a C-suite job, started a business, I need to cover that salary. Is six, does success look like just being able to pay for my family's vacation, you know, once a year? Um, does it look like paying for my kids' college? Does it look like taking a, a decent paycheck? What does success look like to you? What does that cover of that puzzle look like? What do you want the end picture and the end result to be? So write that down, think about that, and then start to flip over those pieces or those numbers, and let's find the border, right? So the first thing we do when we have a puzzle that we want to put together is we look for the square edges, we look for the corner pieces, and we start to build out the frame. And that's what we're going to be doing today as we dig into our financials. So let's talk about financials a little bit. I have a couple examples for you here that we're going to go through. Um, in the financial set, or when you think about your numbers, there's really two two big pieces to the financials. So we have our profit and loss and we have our balance sheet. Now there's a third piece to this puzzle, if you will, this financial set, and that's the cash flow statement. We're not going to talk about the cash flow statement today. Um, we just want to lean into the profit and loss and get really familiar with that. And then we want to lean into the balance sheet and get really familiar with that. The cash flow can be um, a little overwhelming sometimes, and um, we don't really have to un fully understand or review a cash flow statement every month to get a good snapshot of our business. So we'll save the cash flow statement for another day, but that is the third piece of the financial set. Um, most important for us is going to be our profit and loss and our balance sheet. So I want to jump over here. I have an example of a profit and loss for you. Let's just minimize this so we can see it. Um, so this is a very simple profit and loss, but it's going to just kind of show you and go through exactly what you might expect to see or you should expect to see um, on this part of the financial set. So a profit and loss is always going to give you a snapshot of what's already happened in your business. This is always going to be looking in the rearview mirror. So I'd love for you to just write that down if you're taking notes today. Um, and again, the chat box is open. So if I go over something too quickly or you want clarification, please throw questions in the chat box and I'll make sure to come to them at the end um, of our session here today. So a profit and loss write this down. A profit and loss is always going to look in the rearview mirror. It's always going to show us what's already happened. A profit and loss doesn't show us anything in the future, and it doesn't show us what's going on in our business 
today. It shows us what's already happened. A profit and loss has five different components to it or areas to it. And so this is going to be really important. I'd love for you to write these five areas down as well, and then start to think of how the different places of your business and the money that's coming in and out of your business relates to each of these. So the first is going to be the sales section. This is going to be right here at the top. Um, and this is going to be, of course, any sales that you've made. So if you have sold product, if you have booked clients, um, if you've done a project and someone's paid you, any sales that you've had, any money that's come in in exchange for goods or services is going to go here at the top in the sales or the, the, um, the sales section of the profit and loss. It's going to be our first section. Our next section is going to be our cost of goods section. So if you're an inventory-based business, meaning that you exchange things for dollar bills, um, you're going to have literal cost of goods, which is the cost of the goods that sold. So it's not the inventory you purchased. It's the cost of what you've sold. Let's say, for example, I have a retail store, a women's retail boutique. And let's say I bought six of these shirts to sell in my store. Okay, and each one of these shirts cost me $10. So my invoice or my bill was for $60. That um, inventory came in, and I'm going to tell you shortly what we're going to do with that. That's going to happen over on the balance sheet. But that inventory came in, and it's an asset or it's of value to me as a business owner until it sells. And then the cost of this shirt is now the cost of goods sold. So let's say I purchased six of these. I brought them in. I hung them up. And let's say one of these sold last month. So I sold one of these shirts and I sold it for $30. So I paid $10 for it. I sold it for 30. The $30 that I sold it for would go up here in the sales section. And the $10 I paid for it would go here in the cost of goods sold section. So I'm not going to put the entire invoice or all six of those shirts here in the cost of goods sold because I only sold one. And so the cost of the goods that sold to make the sales is what's going to go here. Okay, so we have our sales, our cost of goods sold. Now, if you're a service-based business, um, you could account for cost of goods sold here. If you are a maker, so if you are someone who produces products, so you have raw materials, you take all of these raw, maybe I, I actually make these shirts. So I'm not a retailer, but I make these shirts and sell them to retailers. The cost of the buttons, the threads, the silk fabric, that's going to go into my cost of goods sold. I might also add in labor. So if I'm a maker, I might take my raw materials plus the labor to make whoever actually sewed and, and created the shirt. That could go into my cost of goods sold. If you are, um, you know, an insurance business or a, a service, a coaching, a consulting business, your cost of goods sold would be materials and subcontractors. So um, any subcontractors that you had that produce the um the service that you're offering that's directly attached to the sales, that's going to go in the cost of goods sold section. So just really think of cost of goods sold as whatever it took to produce the sales. So if I need to have five coaches because I have 500 coaching clients, I'm a big coaching business and I have five coaches that all, um, you know, um, have their own clients. And um, because of them, I can actually make the sales that um, subcontractor cost could go into the cost of goods sold section. And then if you are an inventory based business, I would also include your freight in. So the shipping to get the materials to you. So again, going back to I bought six of these shirts. 
maybe it cost me $20 to have them shipped to me. I could not have these shirts and sell these shirts without that shipping cost. So I would add the shipping also in as a line in our cost of goods sold. So, so far in a profit and loss, we're looking at the past. We're seeing that we did $4,450 in sales for this period of time. Um, the cost of goods sold on that was $1,690. Shipping to get that product to me was 257. The difference is going to be our third section on our profit and loss, and that's going to be our gross profit. So gross profit is the difference between the sales and the cost of those sales, the sales and the materials and subcontractors that it took to make those sales, the sales and the cost of the goods that sold. Okay, so we have our sales, our cost of goods sold, and then the difference, which is our gross profit. The next section or the fourth section on the profit and loss is going to be all of our expenses. Now, please make note of this. This is fixed and non-fixed expenses. This is not debt payment. Debt payments are never going to show up on a P&L. Very important to know. So if you're finding yourself short on cash, we need to have a debt conversation, which we will in a couple minutes. And inventory purchases are also never going to show up in the expense section. We will talk about where those show up, okay? So we have our sales minus our cost of goods sold, which gives us our gross profit. Then we subtract all of our fixed and non-fixed expenses. Now this means things like rent, um, payroll, meals and entertainment, travel, marketing, utilities, okay? So fixed would mean things that we don't get to negotiate. Our rents, rent is a fixed expense. Every month we know we have to pay X amount in rent, and we know when it's due, that's fixed. We don't get to play around with that number. Non-fixed expenses would be things that we can negotiate. We can say, we don't wanna hire that for that. We don't want to pay for that. That would be something like travel, right? We can say, you know, we're running really lean and mean this year. We are going to cut all of our travel out. We have the opportunity to do that. And so it's not a fixed expense. We can negotiate that. Marketing, you know, even payroll, right? Because at the end of the day, we are in charge of our payroll. So we can say, we're going to send you home early today. We don't have any business. We're going to cut this position. That's a non-fixed expense. So fixed and non-fixed expenses are what go into this section. And then our fifth section on the profit and loss, the most important is our net income our profit or our loss, okay, is what we're often referring, um, we refer this to. So if we take our sales minus our cost of goods, it gives us our gross profit. Then we subtract all of our fixed and non-fixed expenses. And what's left at the end of the day is our profit or our loss. And this is what I really want you, if nothing else, I want you to come away from this call today with this thought in mind that the number here at the very bottom is so much more important than the vanity number at the top. And let me explain what I mean. So we love to say, I'm a seven figure business. I have done my first $50,000 month. I'm making $100,000, you know, months, or um, I just hit the million dollar mark, or, you know, maybe for the first time ever, I, I did $5,000 this month. We love to talk about this number at the top. And if you go on Instagram or, you know, you follow any other businesses in your industry, they love to say, love to say, I'm a seven-figure business, or I'm a multi-seven-figure business, or I'm a multi-six-figure business. But that means nothing if we're not keeping any of it. So what I want you to start to focus on in your businesses is your profit, 
your profit at the end of the day. I would rather have you be, you know, make $100,000 a year in top line revenue, but keep 10% of it. So you're keeping $10,000, $10,000 in profit than for you to be a million dollar business and you're not keeping anything. You're running in the red. It doesn't matter. Who cares about the top line number if we're not profitable? So a profit and loss statement shows you based off of your sales in the past, your cost for those sales, what you're spending on operating your business. So all of your expenses, if you are profitable or if you have a loss. Now, remember I said debt payments don't show up here and inventory purchases don't show up here. They are gonna show up on the balance sheet. So let's pop over to the balance sheet and let's talk about the counterpart to our P&L. So let me minimize this a little bit. There we go. Okay, so a, a balance sheet um, shows you a snapshot in time what the health of your business is. So remember, a profit and loss is gonna show us what's happened already in the past, what has already transpired as far as sales, as far as profit, as far as the cost of the sales, what we've spent. It's really showing you the money that came in and the money that went out, which a cash flow, which we're not gonna um, go over today, a cash flow is a great way to say the, see then the cash that's flown in and out of the business um, and you kind of relate it to the P&L. A balance sheet is different because a, a balance sheet you pull as of any given day. So you can see here, let's jump back over here. Profit and loss, I pulled this out from March to July, 2020. So for this period of time, this is what the business looked like. And you can pull a PL for a month at a time. In fact, I would love for you to be looking at your monthly PL. You can look at a quarter, you can look at last year's PL. A balance sheet, you're going to pull as of a day. So as of October 25th, 2022, as of March 30th, 2020, as of June 20th, 2023. So as of a particular day, what does the health of my business look like? And there's two sections on a balance sheet. There's an asset section at the top and there's a liability section at the bottom, okay? And they always balance each other out. So let's just walk through what we might expect to see in the asset side and in the liability side. And again, if you have any questions, throw them in the chat box. Sometimes the balance sheet can be where people get a little bit confused. I know for me, it took me a very long time to figure out what was going on. I did not, P&L is like, okay, I can see that. Sales, expenses, whatever's left, I get that. A balance sheet, this is super confusing. So if you find yourself um, confused or you need any clarification, please just throw that in the chat box for me. Um, okay. So a balance sheet, we have our assets at the top. Assets are anything that have cash value or could be turned into cash. So of course, at the beginning, we're going, or at the very top, we're gonna have all of our checking accounts, checking accounts, saving accounts, um, any actual money that we have is going to be listed at the very top of the balance sheet, the top of the asset section. Then we're going to have any other assets that we have. So anything else we could turn into cash. So we might have furniture and fixtures. Maybe you have, um, you know, Karen said you're, um, you know, you do uh, sewing alterations, things like that. So sewing machine, an asset. Okay. Um, if you're a printing business, I work with a business in Nebraska and she does an amazing business printing. So all of her machines, her massive printing machines, these are all assets for her because she could sell them 
and she could turn them into cash. Um, things like your website. So if you had website design created, you know, if you had a website, an e-commerce store created, that would be actually an asset because if you went to sell your business, you could sell that website, right? That domain name and everything that goes with it, you could sell that, you could turn that into cash. Um, trademarks. If you've trademarked your business, this is an asset. So when you go to sell your business, I sold a business that had several trademarks and those trademarks cost me something. I didn't expense them out. So when I paid for that trademark, when I paid for the attorney to complete that trademark for me, I didn't expense that out. I put that on the, on the balance sheet and it depreciates over time, but that trademark has value because I can turn it into cash. Um, inventory. So if you are an inventory-based business, this is the biggest um, confusion that I see in the inventory-based business space, the inventory industry, is that we often, if not always, unless we have been taught or we know better, we expense out our inventory when really it's an asset. Let's say I had a 4,000 square foot store and it was filled with inventory. Um, maybe I'm a kid's boutique or maybe I'm a shoe store. Regardless of what kind of inventory, that 4,000 square foot store is full of inventory. When I make those purchases, I don't want to put that cost over here on the profit and loss in the expense section. I want the first stop for that inventory to be on my balance sheet. So I'm going to enter that bill. I'm going to receive that inventory into this inventory asset section. And then once the inventory sells, I'm going to move the amount that sold from the balance sheet over to the profit and loss into the cost of goods sold. So the first stop for inventory is always going to be on the balance sheet because it's an asset. It's an asset to me until I sell it or I turn it into cash. Really important. So asset section of the balance sheet, we want this to be really rich. We want our asset business, the asset part of our business to be rich and full. We want it to be heavier on the top than it is on the bottom. And the bottom section of the balance sheet is our liability section. So let's walk through that. Okay, so liabilities is anything you owe to someone else. So if you have accounts payable, maybe you purchase your inventory or other products, maybe you purchase supplies um, and you have um, terms. So that AP, that's going to show up here in the liability because you owe somebody this money. So it looks like here in this test boutique um, financial set that they have accounts payable outstanding of $1,516.69, which means that this is a liability until it's removed, until it's paid for. So we owe somebody this amount of money. Um, credit cards, these are going to show up in the liability section of your balance sheet. So you can see here that we have two credit cards in this business. Um, one for a little over 4,000 is what we're owing on it. One for a little over 5,000. So a total of almost $10,000 in credit card bills in credit card debt that we have. So this is where our debt's going to show up. Other liabilities. So maybe you have loaned your business money to start. Maybe you had an amazing um, savings account. You quit your C-suite job. You took that savings account. You invested it into the upstart of your business. That actually can show up here on the balance sheet as a loan payable back to you. So you can see here that I set up two different payables back to myself, a note payable to Sierra and maybe note payable to Stockland. Maybe this was a family loan. 
Uh, maybe my, you know, my family loaned me some money or maybe our family, I loaned myself some money, the business money, and then maybe our family as a whole loaned money. So we can put this in as a note payable. Um, if you take any other loans, so maybe you have an SBA loan, maybe you have an EID loan, um, maybe you have a Shopify capital loan, any loans are going to show up here on the liability side of the business. So that's when it's really important. We want the asset section of our balance sheet to be much healthier than the liability section. So you can see here, and if you're going to get further lending from a bank, maybe you want to expand. This is what a bank looks like, looks at. They look at, okay, Sierra has $66,000 in available cash. Okay. So she can go to the bank. She can cash out of her, all of her accounts. And she has $66,000 in cash. She has $67,000 if she includes her furniture fixtures. So her furniture fixtures are worth about 1200, websites 15, and she has about 21,000 in inventory. Now a bank is gonna look at this and say, I know that you think your inventory is worth 21,000 because that's what you paid for at Sierra, but we're a bank, we're not in the business of selling inventory, we're not in the business of selling equipment, we're not in the business of sell, reselling websites. So that's great that it's worth that to you. But to us, we're not going to take a lot of that into account. So maybe they would give you 50% of that value as they're loaning to you. So you really want the cash and um, savings side to be as heavy and strong as possible. And make sure that you're listing all your other assets because they are of value. But what they look at is they say, okay, so Sierra right now has $31,000 in debt, in current debt, between her AP, between her credit cards, and some loans back to herself. But she has over $60,000 just in cash. And then she has some other assets that are worth something. We think that she would do fine with a loan, right? Because she has more assets. She has more cash combined with her physical assets than she does in current debt. So we're going to give her a business loan. Now, on the flip side, Let's say I only had $5,000 in my bank account and the other things were as listed. So altogether, you know, maybe I had $10,000 in assets, including available cash, but I had $30,000 in debt. The bank might look and say, you know, I don't know, this, this seems a little bit scary to us because she doesn't have very much cash. Her debt to income ratio, so what she's doing profitability-wise and what she actually has in assets is much lower than what she already owes everybody else. So we're going to say no to the loan or we're going to give her less than she's asking for. So you can see why this is so important if you're going to get financing um, or if you're going to bring in a partner. So if you're looking to bring a partner into your business, they might take a look at this and say, okay, you know, she's a little heavy on the liability side, a little lean on the asset side, and that might, um, you know, alter their decision a little bit. So we really want to make sure that we're growing the asset side of our business and we do that through profit. So the more profit we have, the more cash we get to keep, the more debt we get to pay down. And so we can eliminate some of the liabilities and we can increase some of our assets. And then right here at the very bottom of our balance sheet, this is what balances everything out. So you might say, okay, Sierra, you said that a balance sheet should balance, but your assets are 91 and your liabilities are 31. So that doesn't balance. Well, a balance sheet will always balance itself. And it does this through these additional sections here at the bottom. Um, opening balance equity. This means anything that I put into the business when I started it. 
um, retained earnings, which retained earnings are going to be the profit of your business minus any distribution. So if you've been taking out distributions as a small business owner, um, you would take the, the net profit over time and you would subtract that, um, the distributions, and that's what's gonna give you this number. Um, owner's investment, so you can see mine is negative 250,000, which means in this business, I overdrew what I had invested in the business. And then net income, this one is minus $38, meaning for the period of time from when I started until the day I pulled this balance sheet, I've had a loss in my business of $38. So it takes all of these numbers and it balances it with the assets and the liabilities. Now, you don't have to worry about trying to do this on your own. QuickBooks does it for you. I'm sure if you have a bookkeeper or an accountant, they use QuickBooks or a similar program. It's going to do that for you. But I just want you to understand where that comes from. So um, again, going back to the P&L, this shows us the, the past, the history of our business, what's already transpired. It's going to include our sales minus the cost of those sales. It's going to give us our gross profit. Then we're going to subtract all of our fixed and non-fixed expenses, which is going to give us either a profit or a loss. And then over on the balance sheet, we're going to have all of our assets listed. So everything we have that's cash or we can turn into cash. And we're going to have all of our liabilities listed, everything that is debt or that we owe somebody else. And then um, when it comes to debt payments, which I mentioned that I would walk through, they're not going to show up here because debt is listed over here on the balance sheet. So when you make a debt payment, it's just going to show up on the cash flow as cash going out, but it's not an expense. So if you're finding yourself at the end of the year, this is very common when I work with clients, they'll say, Sierra, I mean, I just had one. In fact, um, she said, Sierra, we made $150,000 last year on our P&L. So they looked at a profit and loss from January to December. They profited $150,000. Phenomenal. So excited for them. This is amazing. They made money. But she's like, we don't have $150,000 in our bank account. Like, where's the where's the money? I don't have $150, right? $150,000. Um, and so we took a look at the debt that they have and the debt payments that they were making every month took that profit. It took that and paid it paid down debt. And you're just not going to see that on a PL. Debt payments don't show up. Interest for debt will show up on the PL, but principal payments will not. And so it's really important that you understand what's going on um, when it relates to debt in your business, too. Okay. So where does profit come from? Profit comes from the difference between our sales and our cost of goods. So we're first going to focus on our gross profit. And then we have to live lean and mean. We have to really watch our expenses down here because our expenses then, um, oopsie, didn't mean to make that big. Um, our expenses, um, when we subtract those from the gross profit, are going to actually yield the profitability in our business. So um, if you are finding yourself not even at a place where you have profit here, so let alone maybe some debt but you just don't even have profit. Maybe you're running in the red, meaning every month this is showing a loss on your P&L. There's two, actually three, let's say three different places we can look and we can improve and we can change, okay? The first one is going to be this. So when I work with a client, the first number we look at, if they say we don't have any money, we're not making the money we want, we're not profitable. The first line that I look at is the gross profit. I look at their margin. 
What are you charging for your services or your product compared to what it's costing you? So I would challenge you, write this down. If you're not profitable, if you'd like to be more profitable, I would challenge you to first look at your gross profit or gross margin. It's often called gross margin. Okay, that's going to be this number right here. We want to really improve this number first before we work on top line revenue or we work on net profit overall. So first we're gonna focus on gross profit. So are we charging enough compared to what our products are costing us and or our services are costing us? Maybe we're way overpaying our contractors. Maybe our supplies are costing way too much. Maybe we're really nervous because we don't wanna charge our customers too much for these beautiful shirts because maybe they'll go to the boutique down the street instead. That's all fine and dandy in theory, but we need to be running a business that drives profit. So first we're going to look at our gross margin. Then the next thing I'd want you to look at would be this number. So um, this number at the bottom, as it relates to our expenses, what can we cut in our expenses? So maybe we have increased the cost uh, or excuse me, the sales or the, you know, what we're charging for products. So we're um, being delivered with a little bit better gross profit or gross margin. Now we're still finding that we're coming up a bit short or we don't like what this profit number looks like. Then let's take a look at our expenses. Let's do an audit. Are there apps that you've signed up for that you never use? Are there, is there payroll hours where you're just giving people time because you're afraid to say no or you don't want to lose people? Um, maybe you're traveling too much. Maybe you're not, um, you know, thinking about um, the best prices for your office supplies. Maybe there's, it's a time you could re renegotiate your lease. Um, maybe you have, I've had clients before that have had, you know, a brick and mortar location and then several pop-up locations or booths and they lose money over there and the business over here is paying for that. What can we do to go in and cut expenses, live lean and mean? So first we're going to look at the section up here. Then we're going to see what we can cut here. Then we're going to see what it delivered us in profitability. If we're still not happy or if we just want to push the envelope here, we want to make more money and we want to keep more money. Then we go back and I would reevaluate the sales. So I would tell you that really what entrepreneurs love to do when they're not making money and when they don't get to keep enough money, when they're stressed about money, what do we always do? We focus on the sales first. I need more customers. I need more customers. I need more customers, right? We all do it. I do it. We all fall into this frantic, I just need more sales. If I just had more sales. The problem is, if we don't know what's happening after those sales come in, our expenses and our problems are just going to chase the sales. So we're going to get those extra sales. We're going to get 10 more customers. We're going to be able to service nine more people, 20 more people, right? But because we don't have our expenses in line, we don't really know what's going on once the money comes in. Because we aren't sure that we're charging enough or we're shy about charging enough, or we haven't reevaluated our cost of goods, the problems are going to multiply themselves along with the sales. So you have the opportunity to control three of these five items on the PL just without even bringing one extra customer in. Okay. We can increase our gross profit without paying for one more marketing spend, without bringing one more customer through the door. We can increase our net profit 
without bringing in any more customers, but just taking a look at what we're spending. So think about that first as it drives profitability. And then once you're sure you've done all of those things, then we go back to the drawing board and we look for more customers and we seek to bring more people in to grow our business. All right. So here's what I would love for you all to focus on as it relates to your financials. First, I want you to record your sales accurately. So if you have um, a point of sale system, or maybe you record your sales right into QuickBooks, maybe you just use Excel, you have a ledger and you, you know, go the old fashioned route, however you do it, record your sales accurately. So what's really coming in for revenue? And then what are the cost of goods associated with those? Okay, so I would say record your sales and your cost of goods accurately. Second, I want you to just start to record your costs accurately. You have to be honest with yourself about everything you're spending. One of the exercises I have all my clients do, it's so tedious, but it works, is for the first several months that I work with them, I make them write down every single dollar that leaves their business. And they write things down like McDonald's. They write things down like Starbucks. They write things down like, um, you know, I traveled to market and I stayed, you know, here and here's what my hotel was. Here's my airplane costs, right? Whatever they spend, any money that leaves, I make them write it down because we love to lie to ourselves as entrepreneurs. I don't know why we do this, but we kind of skirt the truth and we leave things out, even though we're the ones in charge of our money, you know, but we love to do this. And then we're so stressed out because we don't understand what's happening with our money. So I want you to start to record your costs accurately so that you can do an audit and say, do I really need that? Do I really need to spend that? Do I really need to go through this or use this service every single month? Okay. Third, I want you to record your assets accurately. So if you haven't done this in the past, I'd love for you to do it. If you have a bookkeeper or an accountant, you can give these numbers to them or you can put them into QuickBooks yourself if you do your own accounting. So record your assets properly. Do a count of your inventory. Look at the value of trademarks and website development. Look at the value of machines that you have or cars or trucks that you own that the business uses. Um, record all of your assets accurately. Fourth, record your debt accurately. I want you to put it all down in front of you, all on paper. What do I owe everyone everywhere? Okay, what do I have in credit card debt? What do I have in small business debt? What do I have in accounts payable? Who do I owe? When is it due? What are my interest rates? What do those loans or those fixed payments look like? So we suddenly have all of these numbers right in front of us. And we're not skirting around, just moving money from account to account, stressing out all the time. We're just, we're looking at it. Um, I had a client once who I worked with for quite some time. And one of the things that I have all of my clients do is to enter their numbers weekly for me. So they enter their sales goal for the week. They enter how much they've made. Right now we're working on gross margin. We're working on operating expense. And she was never entering her numbers. And so every time we do a call, I'd say, hey, how come you don't have your, you make sure you enter your numbers. You have to, yep, yep, yep. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to put it on my calendar. I'm going to do it. Finally, I said, I can't help you if I don't see what's going on. So tell me why you're not entering your numbers. And she said, Sierra, I don't want to look at them. I don't have money. I know I'm not doing things right. It's stressing me out. I just don't want to look. And I said, here's the deal. Whether you look or you don't look, the number's the same. But when you look at it, we can make a plan. 
Okay. If you're losing money, whether you look at that or you don't look at it, you're still losing money. But if we can look at it, if we can put it down on paper and spell it out and put it all in front of us, what's happening with sales, what's happening with costs, what's happening with assets that we own, what kind of debt do we have? Then we can go to the fifth item, which is setting a goal and creating a budget. Because otherwise, what we're always going to do is chase sales. I just need more sales. If I could just do another thousand a week, if I could do another hundred thousand a month, all I have to do is get five more customers. That is the mindset. That's the hustle frantic mindset. And that's when we start to put things on sale and offer discounts and hire people we shouldn't hire and say yes to clients who we have no business saying yes to because we're chasing the sale. We think that's going to fix our problem. And so I want you to write these things down so that you can set a, a goal that makes sense for the success that you've defined and you can set a budget for yourself. All right, couple questions that I get that I wanted to go over here because um, I know this is so much information um, and sometimes we don't even think of the questions to ask. So um, should you use a bookkeeper? Uh, you don't have to use a bookkeeper for your financials if you are comfortable and confident to do this yourself. Um, you absolutely can. Um, if you're like, you know what, I this is not my strength and I want to run my business like it's a business. So I'm going to hire a bookkeeper and I'm going to have they them do what they do best, and I'm going to focus what I on what I do best, then that's the way to go. So there's no right or wrong answer, but you do need a set of books. You do need a set of financials. Do not run your business out of a box, a box of receipts, if you even keep them, a box of cash in the drawer. I've had clients with like, I just have cash and I don't even, and I, you know, my business account and my personal account, they're all in one. We need to run our business like it's a business. Whether you use a bookkeeper or you do it yourself, that doesn't matter. Just make sure you have accurate books. Why should you have a profit strategist? So someone like me, someone that can come in and help you with profit strategy. Well, a bookkeeper is similar to a profit and loss. A bookkeeper is going to compile all your data for you, and they're going to deliver it to you in a nice, neat, tidy package, but they're only going to show you what's happened in the past. Typically, bookkeepers and accountants are not very strategy focused, so they're and that's okay. Their job is not to look to their future. Their job is to collect all the information from what you've already done, put it in a beautiful package and give it to you so that you can create strategy. But a lot of times as business owners, we don't know how. We maybe don't know how to interpret the numbers. We don't know what they're saying about the future. And so a profit strategist is someone who can look at those numbers and can holistically look at your business without the emotion that you might have um, attached to it and can say, here's where I think we should go. So as an example, um, like I mentioned, when I work with a client, the first thing I jump into is I look at this number. This is the first number I look, at, look at in their entire business. What's your gross profit? What's your margin? What can we do to improve this? Um, and that's the job of a profit strategist. How can we get more profit? How can we keep more of your money? Who's in charge of your financials? You are in charge of them. Whether you like numbers or not, you don't have to love numbers. You don't have to be a bookkeeper if you don't want to be but you are in charge of your financials. So I love to tell my clients, stop playing store with your store. Stop playing store with your store, right? You are in charge of your financials. If you don't understand them, it's time to learn. There's lots of tools and resources. Um, I'm gonna share my LinkedIn and my Instagram with you. I have a YouTube channel I go over. Um, I have so many videos on there on like how to read financials, how to use profit first, all of those things. And I am one of many people who can help you with your financials, but you are ultimately in charge. So if your business is not profitable, and you are the business owner, that lands on you. And it's time for you to make a change and to say, starting today, 
I'm not going to play store anymore. I want to run this business at a profit. And then how do you use your financials to grow profit? So I would just say using your financials as a tool is something that's so important and should become part of your daily and weekly routine. Start weekly. Um, I love to encourage people to have a money Monday mindset, meaning every Monday morning, the first thing you do is you look at the numbers. What happened last week? What were my sales goals? What did I actually do compared to those goals? How much did that cost me? What money did I get to keep? What's my plan for this week with my money? So having that money Monday mindset um, and use your financials to grow profit by understanding what they're telling you and then taking action on those things. All right, so here's my uh, my information. If you wanna connect with me, um, I have a website, sarahstockland.com. I also have a podcast. It's very inventory focused. However, if you have any small business, I think you would benefit from so, so many of the episodes. I love to interview um, amazing um, experts in e-commerce and retail, inventory, profit, profit first. I'm profit first certified as well. Um, I go over financials a lot. Um, so there's lots on the podcast that I think would be very beneficial. My podcasts are usually about 15 minutes, so they're short and sweet and they release every week. Um, and then you can follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram at Sierra Stockland. And I would love to have you follow me. Um, I always answer questions and things on socials too. So I would love to connect with all of you. Um, Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you wanna dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I wanna invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I wanna help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck, because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me, I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey friend, thank you for tuning into the Inventory Genius Podcast. All right, so around here, you heard me talking about different ways that we can work together. And that's either through a mastermind or through a VIP day. I wanted to share with you a little bit more about what a VIP day looks like. And it's actually not just a day. We start together working on your business for an entire day, but then that work continues throughout the year because let's be honest, Sometimes we can get all of the information, the tools, the systems, and the processes we need right in front of us, but then actually taking the action and staying accountable to get that action done is where we fall short. So here's what it would look like. You and I would sit down literally in your place of business. I come to you. So whether that be your warehouse, your store, or any place that you own that has inventory, we sit down together. We look at your inventory. We look at your team. We look at your systems and processes. I get to know all about your business. We dig through your financials and we come up with a system and a process to create more profitability and peace of mind in your business. Then after I go home back to my house in Nashville, my office in Nashville, we'll continue that conversation meeting monthly to review our plan of action along with your financials to make sure that you stay on track. This is a very tailored program and it works. I have amazing testimonials that have been sent to me by women that I've met with time and time again as I met with them for a VIP day, put a process and a plan in place, and then help them execute it. I want to be that coach for you. So if this is of interest to you, head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where you can learn more about booking your VIP day.